Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Periodical Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kevin, along with my amazing co-host, Tavis. Howdy. And we're excited to bring you guys another episode this week about investments in the oil and gas industry. As always, we will be covering the content in this week's periodical that I released this past Wednesday, January the 13th. But enough of this. Let's dive right in. Starting in March 2020, with the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic, global oil supply and demand diverged to an extent the world has never seen before. With domestic shale companies failing to return a profit, investors have been starting to seek new opportunities. While investor disenchantment within the United States oil industry isn't new, it appears to have worsened with the COVID-19 market environment. From 2015 to 2016, at the start of the lower-for-longer downturn, the market seemed optimistic about the industry. By 2020, the double impact of COVID-19 and the Russia-Saudi price war seems to have led many investors to avoid oil stocks. While the initial reaction seemed extreme, it does not appear to be the case any longer, considering the record imbalance and extreme volatility in the oil market. Plain and simple, oil and gas E&P companies have driven away investors in the energy sector by not delivering returns while the world simultaneously pushes for decarbonization. Moving forward into 2021 and 2022, Capital will be difficult to source until investors feel comfortable that the industry can profitably develop resources without the risk of squandering their money again. So oil and gas companies in North America and Europe wrote down roughly $145 billion combined in the first three quarters of 2020, which is the most for a nine-month period since at least 2010. That total significantly surpassed write-downs taken on the same periods in both 2015 and 2016, during the last oil bust, and is equivalent to roughly 10% of the company's collective market value. While European major oil companies Royal Dust Shell, BP, and Total were among the most aggressive cutters, accounting for more than one-third of the industry's write-down this year, asset impairments occurred industry-wide. Before going any further, a discussion explaining write-downs in the oil and gas industry is necessary. Oil producers frequently write down assets when commodity prices crash, as cash flows from oil and gas properties diminish. Write-downs, also called impairments, as well as reduced cash flow suggest that investment spending will continue to decline absent a meaningful increase in crude oil prices. Large impairment charges acknowledge that some of a company's projects are no longer profitable and are being discontinued. Such actions decrease asset values on the balance sheet and, correspondingly, reported earnings. However, it does not affect the all-important cash flows because a write-off is essentially no more than an accounting entry. In addition, this action generally has a small negative effect on reported leverage, such as the debt-to-equity ratio, since a write-off reduces balance sheet equity, or book value, typically by 5-10%. to 10%. While this adjustment reduces the investment expenditures that would occur, it also reduces the future estimated cash flow from the projects. Therefore, lenders may be less willing to lend if a company's assets declined in value, or may be only willing to lend up to a certain percentage of a company's proved reserves, which declined in value from impairments. Furthermore, selling assets becomes difficult because of the impairment charge. They are typically sold at a lower valuation than when the company purchased them. This results in the company raising less cash than otherwise would be expected. This year's industry-wide reappraisal is among the most severe in history because oil companies are facing longer-term uncertainty over future demand amid the rise of electric cars, the proliferation of renewable energy, and growing concern about the lasting impact of climate change. Concerns about long-term demand are exacerbating the oversupply of fossil fuels, and companies say that they have become more selective about where they invest, 
In addition, projects are facing much stiffer competition for capital amid ample global supply. BP, Shell, and Chevron cited internal forecasts for lower commodity prices as the cause for these impairments. The problem is, these write-downs represent not only the diminished short-term value of the assets, but also a belief that oil prices may never fully recover. In coming years, heightened competition from renewable energy and policy changes towards fossil fuels could trigger further reviews of an oil and gas asset's ability to generate future cash flows under U.S. accounting rules since they require companies to write down an asset when its projected cash flows fall below its current book value. If operators claim these write-downs are an isolated incident, why are investors running for the hills? Well, it's actually a two-pronged scare. Isn't it just crazy how volatile asset values are because they're tied to the volatility of oil prices? I mean, mid-2019, we see a merger of $55 billion. And then, of course, prices tank. Throughout 2020, we saw things for a lot less than that because it just wasn't worth as much in the books. I mean, yeah, you have to think about it like this. Granted, this is taking it back to the, the 2014 levels when, you know, when oil prices were in the hundreds of dollars. <laughs> when we saw oil prices all the way down to the $20, obviously all of your assets aren't going to be as worth, aren't going to be as much as you thought they were going to be. You know, instead of producing these assets at $100, you know, making, say, even if it was only, only, even if you were making $50 a barrel, that's significantly more than, say, losing $30 a barrel. So these impairment charges are really decreasing these asset values, and it's really scaring investors because it is, in the end, going to influence that cash flow that's going to go towards the shareholders, go towards these people that are investing in these companies. And let's talk about that first prong of why investors are scared. Countless companies in both the private and public sectors, in addition to a growing number of countries, have committed to net zero emissions in the next few decades. Not only have many of these moves been welcomed, but they are claimed to be necessary as the future of this planet depends on actions taken today. While a shift towards clean energy is not a new concept, the Green New Deal from 2012 and subsequent Paris Climate Agreement from 2016 have made the movement mainstream. As a result, more and more focus has been placed on clean, green energy as fossil fuels have become vilified. An unfortunate consequence of such actions has led to decreased investment levels for the largest source of energy that currently runs society and a switch to increased investments in the renewable sector. There has been a growing push for the investment community at large to divest from publicly traded oil and gas companies. Advocates for stronger climate change policies demand that investors embrace environmental social governance, or ESG. The overarching goal is to install sustainable investments by forcing the oil and gas industry to report how CO2 reduction laws and more natural disasters from climate change will impact business operations. At the most extreme, these advocates insist that since oil and gas are major contributors to rising CO2 levels and climate change, investments should simply not be made in companies that produce and or transport them. As this trend continues and thanks to tougher policies to address the climate crisis, Fossil fuels are gradually becoming yesterday's source of energy as funds dwindle. In fact, since 2016, renewable power has seen twice as much investment as oil, coal, and natural gas combined. Granted, ongoing investments in the renewable power projects are expected to fall by around 10% this year, but that's far less than the decline in fossil fuel power investments. For the industry itself, the obvious problem is that oil and gas are the very basis for existence. Thus, the only way to fully comply with extreme climate activists is to get out of the business entirely. The industry has mostly ignored calls for more climate disclosure, knowing full well that oil and gas is essential to produce since it supplies nearly 65% of the world's energy. 
However, activist shareholders are growing more restless as more natural disasters get tied to climate change, heating the debate over where to put their investment dollars. See what I did there? <laughs> as economic growth ensues, demand for essential hydrocarbon commodities grow as well, which is precisely the reason why investors should think twice before turning their backs on oil. So let's talk about this. I mean, it, it really does make sense of why some investors are more skeptical about oil and gas. There is this growing push towards decarbonization. It totally makes sense. But the fact that there's just an overwhelming majority of people basically fleeing oil and gas investments, that's the part where it you got to take that at least half step back to recognize that, okay, the problem is 65% of the world's energy, not just here domestically in the United States, not just in China, not just in Europe, of the world, 65% of the world's energy, it comes from oil and gas. If you just take all the investment dollars away from that, you're not going to meet that 65%. <laughs> I mean, it's it, plain and simple. Right. If it supplies that much, we can't treat it like the Grinch and not even touch it with a 39 and a half foot long pole. But hey, maybe that just means there's opportunity for someone else to see, well, 65%. That's significant. Now let's jump into that second prong of this investment scare. So the year 2020 actually marks the 15-year anniversary of the U.S. shale boom, which heralded in an era of U.S. energy independence and more than doubled tight shale oil production over the past five to six years. But beneath this phenomenal growth, the reality is shale peaked without ever making money for the industry in aggregate. In other words, in the 15 years since the start of the U.S. shale boom, the industry as a whole has failed to return a profit. In fact, the U.S. shale industry registered net negative free cash flows of $300 billion, impaired more than $450 billion of invested capital, and saw more than 190 bankruptcies since 2010. With a history like that, there's no wonder investors are beginning to shy away from oil and gas. But as investigated in the rare Petro periodical titled Falling Short of Demand, which we released just a few weeks ago, it is important now more than ever for investors to back the industry as the world is on track to run short of sufficient oil supplies to meet its needs through 2050. Oil is still needed despite lower future demand due to the COVID-19 pandemic and the accelerated energy transition. Then the question becomes, looking at the history of the U.S. shale patch and their failure to return a profit, why investment in fossil fuels, when returns have been a mere 97.2% in recent years, and renewables in the U.S. have yielded a 200.3% return. If investors abandon funding the world's main source of energy, there will not be enough overall energy supply to meet growth demand into the future. Those that weather the storm will reap the benefits when the world realizes its reliance on this global energy source is a key pillar for continued development of society. And again, Tavis, we're going to bring back to that fact of, okay, it does make sense why some investors are scared about these Investments. I mean, only a 97% return. You're not making your money back on the whole. There are absolutely going to be ups and downs where you make more money, where you lose more money. But as a whole, 97.2% return in recent years. That's not awesome. When renewables have yielded 203% return. Yep. Granted, we do need to also look at the fact that there have been government subsidies. There have been incentives to invest in these programs. And that's what's really boosted this industry. Meanwhile, the oil and gas industry, like we've said, it's been vilified, you know, and it's bringing back those investments. But the problem is, let's bring it back to that 65% of the world's energy demand. If everyone pulls their money out, we can't get to that level of demand. And just the quality of life itself is just going to go down. Definitely. And like you said, I like the way you put it. Those who weather the storm will reap the benefits because as more and more companies go under, well, then the premiums on that energy just continue to go up. So somebody is going to win, but... A lot of people are going to get hurt. 
ENP companies have driven away investors in the energy sector by not delivering returns amongst a global pursuit for decarbonization. Moving forward into 2021 and 2022, capital will be difficult to source until investors feel comfortable that the industry can develop resources without squandering their money yet again. The main problem revolves around destruction of capital. When the companies write down assets, it reduces the overall book value on the balance sheet and by association, the economics of previously expected revenue streams. The problem arises for public companies because the company value decreases and it is an impairment on the income statements, which reduces net income. Those dollars have essentially been lost to both the investor and the oil company. These actions can ultimately translate into a reduction in shareholder equity value and carrying a larger debt load than initially taken to develop or acquire the asset. The result is an immediate increase in the industry's leverage ratio from 40 to 54%, according to global accounting firm Deloitte, which can trigger many negative sequences of events, including bankruptcy. The underlying issue is a low-price environment is forcing companies to write down their assets, which can be a result of choices made in difficult market conditions and is not always due to poor leadership. As prices inevitably rise, assets may return some of those losses, but further investments are required to sustain continued development. Without capital investment, oil and gas companies cannot grow. If there is no growth, energy demand will not be met. Without meeting demand, quality of life for many humans goes down. Currently, the linchpin to this is ENP companies regaining investor confidence that profitability is attainable and a repeat cycle of capital destruction will not occur. The industry knows that predictions of hydrocarbon consumptions, even over the mid or long terms, are still based on speculation and estimates. This is precisely why the International Energy Agency estimates that the world needs approximately $1 trillion every single year in new oil and gas investments to avoid price spikes as demand mounts. To prove to investors that recent asset write-offs were indeed an isolated incident, an attitude shift from production growth at any cost to profitable development with a safe margins must occur. Although some will do it more quietly than others, the ball has been set in motion and investment in the sector will eventually return to continue developing necessary oil and gas. And that is the end of this one. And like Kevin wrote, those who are left standing are probably going to reap the rewards. So we hope you stay standing with Rare Petro. And while you're here, please go to rarepetro.com. See what you can learn while we're down so that you can reap those rewards when things get better. So plenty of periodicals, plenty of podcasts, plenty of ways for you to learn. There's no excuse for you not to move forward. But hey, you know the drill. Please leave those reviews. Reach out to us at podcast at rarepetro.com. We'd love to hear from you. But until we see you next time, take care, everybody. Have a great week.